Hello, Africa. This is another episode on the Clyde podcast as we take you through the African educational history, tracing it back from where it all started until present to raise awareness for the importance of educational development in Africa. I, Ojenikaya Nolua, will be your host on today's episode. Here with me is Ms. Fa Bauzia. Adigeye, popularly known as Teacher Shade, an award-winning Lagos State teacher. How are you doing, Ma? How are you doing, Miss Adigeye? Very well, thank you. Okay, can you tell yeah. Africans about you? All right, my name is Fauzia Fola Shade Adigeye, also known as Teacher Shade. I'm a primary school teacher in Lagos State and uh, also a content creator, educational content creator on um, social medias. I presently won the award for the best primary school teacher in Lagos State. Amazing. Can, can you tell us, like, give us a brief history on how it gets to find your passion in teaching? Okay. Um, I actually had stopped schooling at one time in my life. I dropped out of school. But fortunately, I was able to trace my feet back to school and uh, immediately I had the second chance to go back to school. I just knew I wanted to be a teacher. I've always had passion for education. I'd always love to impart knowledge. Even when I was out of school, I learned a trade body as as an artist and then my system of teaching, of um, instilling the skill in my apprentice there was through a kind of a teaching. Like I like they were in the classroom, so I'd always wanted to be a teacher. So I didn't think twice when I took my first um, jam examination. I put in for education, and here we are. Wow, amazing! On today's episode, we'll be talking about child development, the role of a parent and teacher in child development. So the context regards um, the child. Um, development episode and then we go for that to questions so yeah in pre-colonial africa nurturing a child was done collaboratively by the members of the community to instill common cultural and moral values in the child through social cultural practices proverbs teaching then was done majorly by the elders of the family and chiefs of the community and older family members. A child learn and act according to the examples of things he or she sees and hears from observing elders and other people around them, forming a pattern of behavior. Colonization also brought with it to Africa formal education and with a new standard and style of teaching. Teaching became a highly sought after profession. The growth of the African child was now more influenced by their teacher and what he or she is taught. We now live in the information age where everyone with an internet connection and a smart device can access any form of knowledge available in the world, either good or bad. Looking at the current generation, Polukwali, known as Gen Z, 
we see a pattern where parents don't even know what their children know and have little to no control about the kind of information that their children take in. We see new level of moral decadence in society, the likes of which has never been seen before. A lapse of moral training has bet too many immoral qualities, which are against our African cultural and moral standards. If we fail the younger generation, then the future of the nation is in jeopardy. The Yoruba proverb says, a child that is not well nurtured, he will sell a house that has been built. So here are my questions, ma'am. So based on your experience and knowledge that you have, what is um, child development? Child development has to do with the stages through which a child goes to before he becomes an adult. There are different stages of development in a child. We have the, the prenatal stage. It's not until a child is born, the development of a child starts from day one. We have the postnatal stage when the child is given birth to, and we have the, the childhood stage, the, 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 the childhood stage to where the child is still needs to be nurtured, to be taken care of, but many things are done for the child. And the, the last child grows to, um, teenagehood, then to youth at the adulthood. Those areas, the, the stages a child goes through before they become adult is what is referred to as a child development. And in this development, there are many things that take place. You know, as a child is growing physically, the child is also developing mentally. Yes, he or she is learning attitude through observation, through training, through schooling, and all this put together will make what the child becomes in future, will determine the kind of adult the child grows up to be. So that's the stages of development of a human. Okay. So, more like down to my second question is, what's the role of a teacher in a child's growth? A teacher uh, plays a great role in child's growth and development. Teacher is the secondary uh, factor in child development, child growth, because parents have to come first. They are the first educator, the first or uh, a major role. They have a major role to play when it comes to child development. But as part of a teacher, when a child, before a teacher can have access to a child, can have connection with a child, a child would have grown up to a particular stage. So when the child starts having a connection with the teacher, teachers then take over from where the parents has taken it far. So as a, our duty is to nurture the child, to impart knowledge, not just educational knowledge, not just academic knowledge, but also moral. We teach children how to behave in the society. You're not just there to teach them one plus one, two plus two, A, B, A, S, S. We are there to teach them both academic, moral, and social ethics. As a teacher, it is not enough to just um, tell a child what they need to know. I mean, what they want to hear. It is your duty to tell that child what he or she needs to hear in order to be to grow up to be a better adult. 
So we play not just a role of a teacher, we play the role of a mother, role of instructor, role of advisor in the life of the child and role of custodian of heritage, custodian of tradition. We tell them the stories of our, the story of our access, the story of our, our beginning of our lives, how the people before us have lived their lives. We let them know those things so that it determines how they want to pattern their own lives too. So a lot of uh, the, uh, the role of a teacher in the life of a child, there are so many of them, many of them, but that's part of uh, the world. Considering, looking at the present age and time that we are now, considering the, the way the country is structured, where majority of parents are more like, some are more like career-oriented in the sense that they, they believe the teacher should do the old job for them, which is why some send, go as far as sending their children to well-expensive schools and all. So in that sense, as you, like, more like a professional as a teacher, what will you say regarding, regards that? No matter how busy a parent is, you can't take away your role as a as a parent. You can't designate your role to a teacher. Teachers have their role to play. To play. The parents have their role to play. The society has its role to play. Even the religious body have their role to play in a child. They said it takes one person to give birth to a child, and it takes the whole community to nurture that child. It is it surely cause problem for teachers in school when parents neglect their roles. It is from home that the child learns to respect others. It is from home that a child is supposed to learn to be truthful, to be honest. It is from home the child needs to learn how to behave in the society. It is from home that the child needs to learn how to relate with other people. It is not, it is, the, the school is structured. We have structural education in school. The school has curriculum. We have timetable. We have what we have. We have content that we cannot go beyond. So if a parent neglects his or her duty just because it's no matter how expensive the school you have put your child in is, it cannot go beyond the content of the curriculum. And there are some unwritten curriculum, there are some unwritten subjects, unwritten topics that have to be taught by the society, by the parents. Teacher can only do their best as human. For definitely as a teacher, there are times you just neglect the curriculum and need to install, instill more in these children. But you can't go beyond that, especially now in the society where even parents you find it easy to find fault in teachers' uh, activities. Any little scold you hear reports. Some parents don't even want their children to be touched or to be to be even scolded at all. They just want the children to live. They believe, and I just see it as a kind of uh, many of the parents are hypocrites. These are the kind of training you received when you were young. These are the kind of uh, instruction you received that made up who you are today, the hardworking, the, the resilient person that you are. It's because your teachers, your parents, everybody, the society puts them together to train you. But now you grow up and see that kind of training as archaic, as barbaric, as something that your child should not experience, but you still want your child to turn out the way you do. 
why you don't want your child to go through the kind of training you have gone through. You see that training as being harsh. In the olden days, when we were growing up, if we, if we, if we wrong, do wrong things or if, if we misbehave, a neighbor can scold you or punish you even before the arrival of your parents. And when your parents arrive and the neighbor tells them what you did and uh, the kind of punishment he or she has given to you, the parents, your own parents will still punish you the more and thank the, the neighbor. But these days, no neighbor can even scold a child for doing something wrong you see the parents coming back to fight. No teacher can boldly punish a child. I'm not talking about corporal punishment. I'm not saying you should inflict bodily, um, body injury on a child. But even asking a child, giving a child a little punishment, you see a parent coming back the following day to complain. So teachers these days don't have the free hand that those state teachers had. Teachers, they don't have the luxury of um, scolding or instilling moral in children the way they used to be. Now, forget about the, the money you pay. No matter how expensive the school is, they cannot go beyond the curriculum. So no parents should claim to be busy, too busy to nurture their own children. No parents should claim to be too busy to instill moral in their own children. If you don't instill moral in your child from home, it will, that child will cause problems to teachers in school. Imagine a child coming to school with a knife from home. You allow your child to watch films that are not censored. You allow your child to say things on the, on the internet that are not supposed to see, and the child wants to practice that, then you blame school. It's not the duty of school to do such thing. The teacher will not follow your child home. So it's, it's takes both hands. The Yoruba the, the says that we should, the two hands have to watch each other for them to be clean. And, and the only one hand cannot lift a load to the head. Both hands have to work together. If teachers are doing their own in school, it's still, it's still need the uh, parent to also do their own uh, duty. You can't leave your duty for another. Just as I cannot leave my duty as teacher for you, I can't tell you, uh, you have paid my money and I can't tell you that now your child doesn't know mathematics school and teach your child. It's my duty to teach your child the mathematics and make sure your child understands it. So also it's your duty as a parent, no matter how busy you are, to instill moral in your own child. Because even the money you are looking for, all the work you are looking for, you are acquiring them for this child. If I own the the child is not capable of managing those uh, wealth. When you grow up, the wealth will still go, will still be, will be a waste at the end of the day. So it takes two to tango. It's not the duty of the teachers alone. Forget about the price of the school fees or whatever, no matter how expensive their curriculums, their content that we cannot go beyond. So we both have to work together to create, I mean, to mentor and nurture an adult that will be useful to the society. Thank you for that, man. This is, this is the whole lot. This is the whole lot that parents, a lot of parents need, especially African parents, because yes. uh, we tend to uh, forget the way we have been raised and try to imbibe imbibe the whole Western style into yes. our own um, culture, our own ways of living. Which is, it's not like this is bad, but taking it to a too extreme is what is um, looking at it as unreasonable and unnecessary in a way. So, yeah, thank you very much. And okay. yes. So what we see uh, the role of parents 
place in a childhood? Parents are the first teachers of a child. Before the child knows the society where he or she or she lives in, he first knows the parents. So as a parent, one of the first duty of parents is to show love, to demonstrate true behavior, through the words of mouth, that love is the greatest. Let the child be loved. A child that is loved from home will love people around him or her. A child that experiences love and care from home will not be looking for love elsewhere. They said there is beauty all around when there is joy at home. If a child experiences great love and care from parents, attention from parents at home, when just a child gets outside, it will not be hostile. Let's demonstrate through our behavior as parents. When husband and wife are together, don't use abusive words in the presence of your children. Don't insult each other. Don't be violent in the presence of your children. They learn. They learn a lot. Children don't learn from what you say. They learn from what you do. They learn more from what you do than what you say. They want to see how you behave with your wife as a husband. The girl wants to see how you behave with your husband as a wife. They want to see your relationship with people around you. A, a mother that fights with neighbors is breeding a girl that will go out and fight on the street. A father that always have arguments with other neighbors, that always have uh, slaps his wife, is breeding a son that will not be ashamed of beating another woman or another girl in the school. So the primary role of a parent is to show love, show affection, give attention to your children. Then after that, instill the words of God in those children. Let them know God. Let them know God in practical, not just reading Bible or reading Quran. Demonstrate the love that God preaches in those religions to them. Then let them know how to relate with people around you. That is why in the curriculum, a child is not expected, if not for the kind of a, a busy life we are now living in, before a child cannot come to school, that child is six years old. And the reason is because the first six years of a child's life is a formative stage of his or her life. That is when the child acquires a lot of knowledge, a lot of a, a, a behavior that if care is not taken, such behavior, that child may not be able to drop it after six years. If a child learns to, to tell lies within the first six years of his or her life, it is there's every tendency that the child will be a liar throughout if care is not taken. If a child left to start stealing, picking pork, picking things, and the parent did not caution such child from within the first six years of his or her life, that child might end up stealing. If a child plans to use abusive words to be violent, to be to be to show to display a tantrum, such a child might end up to become violent and uncontrollable after six years of his or her life. So the first six years of a child's life is very, very important. This informative says it's stage that a child's brain is acquiring a lot, just like magnets. So the parents' duty is red, but these days it's sad that these days even six months old child is already in a crutch does not even experience what it means to stay with parents, to learn to wash me, to learn to clean the floor, to learn to watch his or our own uh, stocks. 
So parents should not just put all their attention in career. It's good to have a career. It's good to work as a, even as mothers. These days, our fathers alone might not be able to pay the bills, but not being engaged so much that you don't have time to bring up your own children. So duties of the parents is to instill moral, to let them, to teach them basic survival skills. Yes, children learn those from home. Survival skills to be able to learn to cook, learn to do your own dishes, learn to clean your own house. It's not everything you hire a cook or a maid to do. Even when you have a maid, you still let your children do these things because a time will come, your child will go to school, your maid will not follow him or her to school, you will not be there. The child needs to survive. How does those child survive? if the child has not been trained from home. Train your children to learn to respect other people's ideas, other people's feelings. Train your children to know that they are not just a boss to others. Others have their own lives too, and they should respect that. So when you have all that in place, such a child will go out and project the good image of your family. When a child misbehaves outside, the next thing people will, they will refer such a child home that which kind of home do you come from? Nobody has ever asked you, don't you have a school training? The common uh, statement is, don't you have a home training? Nobody will ask, don't you have a school training? Because they believe charity begins at home. So it's your duty as a parent to show love, to demonstrate love to your child, train your children to love other people, train your children to be sensitive of other people's feelings, Train your children to be respectful, to understand people and respect their opinions. Train your children to respect spaces. They should not be bossy. Some children are so bossy that you just think, like they have the mentality that their parents are the one paying the salary of everybody in the world. And they just want to display that. So it is our duty as parents to do all this and train your children to be morally upright, to learn to relate with people around them. So it is the duty of our parents to do all that then before the society takes over. But I don't think the society even wants to get involved in any child's life again because nobody wants trouble. You can't discipline another person's child if you don't, ex if you don't want a, a police officer to knock on your door the next day or even that night. So I'm not sure if society is really playing much role again, except our religious bodies through their preaching and the likes. But your neighbors and people around you are no longer interested in what happens to your children again. So the more, that's why the bulk of load still fall back on the shoulders of the parents and the school and our religious body. Thank you. Okay, God, I'm even about to ask that what's the role of this public society? in a child's development, in a child's growth, yes. Well, before now, when the society thinks that a child is going astray, they cause such a child to order. Before now, society helps in curtailing excesses of a child in the society. When they see that a particular child is causing a problem, beside they call the parents, they discipline the child. And that's why I said I'm not sure if that, happen, that can be possible again. You can't imagine yourself seeing your neighbor's child doing something wrong and you scold that child. And the next thing that very night, you have to sleep in the uh, police station because the child reports you to his father who thinks he did not ask you, did not take you as the teacher to help him train his child. And the next thing is, he has come with a police officer to arrest you. So the society no longer, I think the only way the society can help now is to also behave well. At least let's be good pictures. 
to these children. Let's display the good part of us as adults when you are among the children, behave well so that they don't pick the wrong idea from you. The kind of content we upload in our social medias, the kind of film we, the, the film industry, the kind of film they produce, let them be the kind of film that teaches moral, not the one that teaches immoral. The kind of song we sing, our, our uh, artists, I think those are people that can help now. You as a neighbor can do little or nothing now. But the society at large, like our media houses, they should portray the good image of our, our culture. They should instill more, they should sing the kind of song that promotes culture, that promotes peace, that promotes uh, our heritage, that display the, the, the beauty of our heritage to these children, make it attractive to them. Not the song that, that you have to do the video and uh, a, a parents that see have con I see have that uh, consciousness of uh, of uh, African consciousness will not be able to play at all. So the society can only do little through our own behavior, through our own uh, character. Like if you call yourself an a, a head of a community, let them see that you are upright, you are accountable. Whatever belongs to the society, don't eat it alone. Children are learning, the young ones are learning from you. So the, the social media also should be, we should, we should be mindful of what we put there because many of these students have access to it. Our, our artists, the musicians, the, um, um, the uh, what do you call the, those are art films, all of them should be mindful of the kind of content they create. That's why at times when you watch some foreign films, you see the development that takes place in that film, how they start from the scratch, how they use technology and some other um, intellectual capacity to develop. I see the film developing without tone of religion, without tone of anything, and things that they are planning will come out to But in our own society, if they do not display in their film that a witch or a wizard is after your life, and you will have to go and pray the mountain before it comes over, and they will display that if you don't do some rugged thing like being a thief or a scammer, you might not be able to make it. All these things, all these contents have to be, to be controlled. Let's write contents that make the children know that there is a reward for hard work. That if they work hard, if they are truthful, if they are obedient, if, if, if they, they put in their best, they can achieve without expecting any spiritual backup from anywhere. So I think that's the, the duty that uh, the society can play for now. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> But that's a valid point. Um, what are the key factors that parents and teachers need to consider while a child is growing? Well, many factors are involved here. First of all, you have to consider your child's capability. You don't co co compare your child to another person's child. That is common to both teachers and parents. Parents are guilty of it. When teachers are guilty, you see a teacher insulting a child in the class. Why are you so done? Is uh, James not your classmate? James and uh, Juliet were not born by the same parent. Even if they were born by the same parent, they might not have the same uh, amount of intellectuals. They might not have the same um, uh, intellectual capability. Don't compare your children to others. Don't give them unnecessary pressure. Understand the kind of child you have. Understand is our capability. I accept the child for whom he or she is. Don't force a child to be who he is not. 
don't force your child to be like other people's children. Don't think because you want to raise your children up in the society, let the society know that your child is a is an A child when your child is actually a B or C child. Don't force them. Be sensitive to your child's feelings. Be sensitive to your child's need. Don't don't impose your own uh, imaginary life in them. Some of us miss some things while we're growing up. Some wanted to be doctor, but unfortunately they couldn't be, and they want to realize that their doctoral ambition in their children. Some of them had the ambition of becoming uh, whatever they want to become, but because the society or the, the, the situation at and then did not allow them to be what that, they now want to realize that dream. On their children, your children have their own dreams too. So allow them to, to live their dreams. Don't force anything on them. And then pay attention to your children and the kind of friends they keep. Both school and home, we should be mindful when and when you see, notice a change in behavior of a child, be at alert. Don't just ignore. A child that used to be very, very lively, cheerful, start to join to him or herself. Be conscious of it. Then have time, have time to dialogue with your children, to discuss. Many parents don't even have time. They don't talk. They don't talk with their children. They don't have time to discuss things with their children. They just think, oh, what do you want to want money? Just have it. So number one, don't put unnecessary pressure on your children. Understand their individual needs and um, uh, capacity. Number two, don't uh, have time to discuss, to talk to your children. Number three, be mindful of the kind of company your children keep. As parents, be mindful of the friends they keep, the kind of places they go the kind of, of films or, or the other things they see. Be mindful of that. So those are the key facts. And it's still uh, the words of God, the consciousness of God in them. And as teachers, don't impose unnecessary pressure on, the, on your child. Understand individual. In the, um, when we went for education, that's why I'm so particular about we employ people that are not educationists to teach. When you, if you are an education, if you go for trainers, they will tell you what we call individual differences. They call it personal traits and behavior. Understand each child as a, an individual. Understand the child's difference. Don't force whatever others know on a child. If a child is good in mathematics and does not show interest in English or other subjects, you can only encourage such a child. You don't impose and you don't discourage. You don't talk down on such a child. So it's our duty to understand each child's personality and nurture the child towards his personality and you see the best we come out. And that's why many people think education is a scam. Because they believe education in Nigeria has not been able to take individual needs of every child. We just want everybody to be exposed to the same subjects. A lot of them must pass that same subject. And anybody that is lagging behind among others, we see that child as a failure. Of course, the child you see as a failure might have other capacity, which you have failed to realize, to observe and guess. So as parents and as teachers, let's understand individual differences of our children. Let's nurture them towards um, developing their individual differences and not imposing on them. Thank you. Wow. What, what a valid point. Especially now at age that um, even because there was a time I went to 
a school, like a secondary school, and where the school gathered together to give these children more like entrepreneurship training and all. So I went as a volunteer to represent someone there. So why addressing the kids on why we are here, why we are organizing this program for them and what is going to do for them at all in the long run. One of them now shouted, say you will not say you want to teach us how to do yahoo yahoo more like the normal internet <laughs> fraud <laughs> at first i was shocked because i was like so this is what and and i and i did not blame you i guess it's a result of the kind of society has been exposed to so yes and it is something we also need to pay attention to so it's not everything that school will teach family, society, people, we must instill in people positive values and morals, making them understand. And in a way to the the state of the nation to also influence every other aspects. So looking at it from the angle of the way we perceive our political leaders as so that's I, I think that was one like the major fault and the major problem that also influenced yes yes that's why i said even leaders too the children are looking at you whatever belongs to the society and you decide to pocket it and use it for your own personality the children are watching and by the time you if you ask a small child would you like to be the leader of the country or your community a child will say yes and you ask them why say because i want to be rich as a child why he wants to be a politician and they will tell you because he wants to be rich not because it wants to serve, because that's what they are saying. They believe that there are two ways of making it quickly in these countries. Either you are a scammer or you are a politician. With those two ways, you can quickly get or uh, you can quickly make your money. So that's why I says the society also they can only um, help us by having a moral, uh, be morally upright. So that's the way. That that, that is what the society has turned to. I pray God will help us. Amen. My next question is, um, what are the major roles of formal, informal, and non-formal education in a child's development? The, the formal, non-formal, and the... Informal. Informal education. Informal education is to acquire self-reliance. That is the well-structured education that we receive within the four walls of the classroom. And it is in stages. We have our early childhood education. We have the primary. Early childhood education is just to express, I mean, train the children to use their skills, the major skills, that is the speaking skills, the writing skills, and the reading skills. So those are the, the early childhood education, and it is extended to child learns the arithmetic um, and the linguistic aspect of a life to be able to read and write in other languages and to be able to solve simple mathematics that are needed for their normal life. It is expected that after the first six years of primary school education, a child should be literate. Literate is the same that the child should be able to read in English language and any other um, 
local language, that's our um, traditional language, that Yoruba, Aosa, or any Nigerian language. And uh, a child should be able to solve basic mathematics that are needed in trading, day-to-day activities. You want to buy, you want to sell, simple mathematics, a child should be able to do. So a, a child that has gone through childhood and primary education should be self-reliant in such aspects. Going further to secondary school is a transition between the primary and higher institution where a child will acquire some further knowledge that is needed in business life in the society, relating to the, uh, in, in its relationship with people in the society. Acquire better speaking skills, writing skills that can use, be used to further his or her career in life. This is where a child determines or realizes his or uh, whatever he or she wants to do in life and is ready to work towards it. And our tertiary education is meant for you to be professional. It is made for you to, to acquire a professional skill that will like that will uh, last you for a lifetime. That's where you now go for whatever course you chose to study and become whatever profession you want to be. For the um non-formal education, that is a um, the skill acquisition, becoming an artisan, learning a kind of a, um, technical, um, a kind of skill that will also sustain you as a person. Presently in Nigeria, before a child can opt out of school to learn a skill, it is expected that the child must fulfill the nine years basic education, compulsory nine years basic education. That is, the child must have gone through the first six years of primary school education and the first three years of secondary school education. Where this, with these nine years of education, the child is equipped enough with the required um, basic skills, which I said earlier, speaking, reading, and uh, writing skills and arithmetic skills that's needed. So from there, the child can go and learn a skill and become an artisan or a technician. You can learn a skill. There are many skills that can be learned so that will make you to be independent and work on your own as a person. You can be able to feed yourself and uh, sustain your own uh, living. Then informal education, that is the education we acquire at home. The education we acquire at home, that is uh, the, the moral, the upbringing, the more we get from church, the, the preachings from our churches, uh, from our mosques, from our traditionalists, the, the cumulative efforts of your parents and the society to make you a better imam is informal education. It's, an, it's a kind of education. Though it's not written, there's no curriculum for it, there's no any structure for it. It can come at any time, it comes at any way, it doesn't have a specific uh, location. But you acquire it and they, they add it up to a kind of adult you grow up to be. If a child lives in a violent prone environment where all the child sees all the time is violent, fights here, insults here, abuses here and there, the child is likely to grow up to become a violent adult. 
if a child lives in a peaceful environment where he or she listens to the word of God from any religion, whatever religion or faith they believe they belong to, sees the parents living in a loving and harmonious environment, and is being talked to regularly, and being corrected when makes mistakes, such a child has a tendency of growing up to become a morally upright adult. So the, the, the informal education is a moral aspect of life where you acquire all the necessary um, training, moral upbringing that will make you an upright person. Non-formal is the skills you acquire to become earn a living as an artisan. Such a person, they call them unskilled labor in the society where they, they, they are needed here and there. They are our tailors here, our carpenters, the bricklayers, the cobblers, and the, even the driver. There are some bus drivers out there that have never been to school. They have, their, they, they have the skills that they use to survive. And as a formal education is structural, um, curriculum band education that we all um, struggle to have these days. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, man. Yeah. What What do you think a potential solution to this problem of child development? Well, the the, the potent the solutions are from all aspects. From home, parents need to wake up to their duty as parents. They need to realize that everything is not about acquiring words and the material. So when you don't have children that are well brought up to manage it in the future, no matter how big your name is, no matter how noble you are, if you have just one out of your children that goes forward, you can bring down the name of that family within the tinkle of an eye. Just a mistake, a simple mistake of misbehavior from that child can drag the name in the mud. So if all parents have this at the back of their mind, they need to know that it's need for them to pay more attention to their children than they pay to acquiring words. That is for the parents. For the teacher, we should know that we are dealing with lives. We are not in the offices dealing with papers, we're dealing with fire, we are dealing with human lives. We should say positive things to the life of these children. Many teachers have used their own mouths to spoil the lives of some children, telling them they can never do well. You, you don't know anything. I don't think you can ever make it in life. I told such child, because they believe teacher as small gods, they believe such teacher and they don't even bother to make efforts. Just listen, uh, somebody has already told me I cannot make it. Why make it an effort? We should speak positively into the lives of these children. Let them realize that they can make it in life. They can, if they put in their best, we should not be mindful of what goes into this, uh, what goes on in society and use that to look, let that you know, kill our own morale. As a teacher, we are custodian of our tradition. We are custodian of our history. We are the one that can promote and project the good aspect, the beauty of African culture into the lives of these children. Let them see that Africans are known for moral upright. They are known for resilience and hard work. They are known to be to be the type that that are in the, that are dependable in the society. So we should not bring down the society, the, the image of Africa. We should not dent the image of Africa. And as teachers, we should understand the individuality of our pupils, um, our students, and teach them according to their needs. 
not just forcing things down their throats. Understand the capacity of your learner and please help the child to develop. Understand, help to study their talent. Every child has a talent in him. Just that we have failed to discover it. Help the child to discover his or her talent and let the child grow to be a better person. And the society, a lot, a lot, a lot, even the religious body too. The religious body should, should preach more of moral than uh, we preach of a wealth accusation, preach of prosperity. Because a lot of these children, they, they observe things. When they see that a poor parent that did not come to church or months for year, for months, nobody asks about him or her. But when a big man is sick for a day, the whole churches or the whole mosque uh, congregation goes to visit. They see and they will they will decide that no matter what, I just have to acquire this knowledge or um, this uh, words, no matter what it takes. Let's preach more. Let's and uh, not not just preaching is let's leave it. Let's let's live by example as a as a religious body. Let's let this students see in us the kind of life we expect them to exhibit. And the society at large, our leaders should live an exemplary life, the life that can be emulated. Not the life that will make the youth want to go into uh, criminal activities just because they want to match up with their mates in society. Our schools should, the, the, the curriculum, our school, if possible, should be rewritten. Our, uh, the curriculum is too Western. It's too Western. We need to write a curriculum that portray our image, our belief, our standard as Africans. We have borrowed so many things, we have brought in so many things into our school education that now we cannot, we cannot even find our own identity. Many African child does not know where or she belongs to. We need to write a curriculum that suits our society, that fits our culture, that portrays our be the beauty of Nigeria, and, I mean, African culture. That has to be done. And our leaders should live a life that, that we speak for them after they are no longer there. They should know that uh, prosperity will speak later, but the kind of uh, uh, things we read about them will be determined by the way they live their lives now. And our media houses, the musicians, the, the film actors and actresses, and all that has to do with entertainment should do something to portray African culture in a positive way. Enough, enough of this nakedness, uh, smoking, and showing the females their body just to sell their films or to sell their music, or um, the lavish uh, display of, uh, of wealth that makes a child think, uh, uh, somebody that's working so hard thinks that he's not doing well. There's this Yoruba says that says that because, so, uh, because um, a, 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 an hardworking person does not have much, it's now difficult for us to even blame a lesser person. When someone that's working so hard could not has nothing to show for his hard work, you find it difficult to blame a lesser person because the lesser person will tell you that even you that you are working hard, what do you have to show for it? 
don't let those that are really working and are struggling see themselves as failure because you are displaying your words unnecessarily, making them feel that they do not have a life. You should be conscious of the way we do things so that the society will be a better place for all of us. And our politicians should mind the way they use religion and uh, ethnicity to, to, to divide people and even money. They should mind the way they use all those three tools to, to, to penetrate the art of people because it's also speaking against us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ma. And the amazing thing is, majority of those that uh, we featured on this podcast lay so much emphasis on good leadership and even curriculum formation in terms of portraying the African culture and our standards. We've, we've imbibed the whole colonization um, curriculum for so long and at this time we need we totally need a reform and i i believe there are a lot of people out there that are also thinking in these aspects and it is something that has to be done collaboratively so thank you for making our time to be here and i really appreciate each and every point that you made mention today because it totally addressed every single issue and also please around every sphere of life so thank you very much ma and thank you so much for having me man yeah it's a pleasure it's a pleasure it's a pleasure yes all right so this is the end of today's episode and yes thank you all right thank you so much